Greeting everyone, I hope you are having a good week. I am Rachel and welcome you all to the weekly podcast of Natalie and Rachel. In the previous episode, Natalie and I talked about observation skill and documentation techniques. The main goals of these practices are to interpret children's character and performance, reflect an understanding of child development, children's working theories, and further children's learning. So after observation and documentation take place, educators can work on the script to design activities that are invitational and appealing to children. And that is the topic of this week's episode, which is programming for inquiry. And I won't let you wait any longer. Let's get started. All right, everyone. We are going to connect with Natalie to begin our discussion. Hi, Natalie. It's been a week. How quickly time goes by. How are you? Oh, hi there, Ray. I'm I'm really well, actually. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. It doesn't feel like that much time has passed since our last podcast, but here we are again. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, Yeah, so the topic of this week is programming for inquiry. I believe that our listeners are eager to know that we what we are going to cover. Can you tell us a little bit about the content? Absolutely. So I'm actually going to start by defining the word inquiry. So Cambridge Dictionary defines inquiry as the process of asking a question. Now, much as in the early learning environment, We are constantly observing children to figure out and to try to understand what kinds of questions they are asking and hypothesizing about, and in turn, how we can generate questions to facilitate further learning opportunities. And another part of that definition is an official process to discover the facts about something that has happened or the act of asking for information Another one is the process of asking a question or asking for information about someone or something. Now this is something that we as educators do and the children are doing. So that makes sense because in the environment to program for inquiry, we are co-collaborators with children. We aren't telling them what to do, what not to do, because that in essence shows that our image of the child isn't that of them being competent and capable and curious. So with that, I'd like to hear your comments and hear what you have to say. Oh, yes. So actually, there's a thing that I would like to share with you all because I think it's pretty accurate and inspirational. So I read an article written by Kazin and the author states that um, instead of saying activities, they tend to use the term learning opportunities when they talk about the activities. So uh, opportunities uh, would sound more invitational and they sound more open-ended. And it is such an interesting way to look at it. And um, when, I look, when I looked back at the assignment that we had, it was the one with the uh, extending uh, children's place and I, I think uh, we can learn something from it. So um, I would like to share a little bit about it and to see if you can give me some feedback. Sure, I would like to hear that. I also read that article, Rachel, and I found 
that the terms we use, such as learning opportunities, can make the world of a difference. So I'm excited to hear how you can connect that and this week's topic with your assignment. Okay, sure. And the activity for the assignment of extending children's plate of mind was uh, children making a stepping stone and decorating it by themselves. Since I could see from the video that they enjoyed uh, building a path of stones, so I thought it would be exciting for them to make their own stone with their unique style. So my intention was to set up the place in an outdoor area and ask children if they could guess which activity that educators want to invite them to play on that day. I will set up the activity with perfect style. Uh, each child uh, will choose one ordinary cake pan or cereal box for their stone shape. These options are for molding the concrete and educators will show them how to mix the concrete uh, as then they could add uh, decorative elements uh, and then let the concrete harden. I will set up uh, the decorating area with a protective clothes, colorant, and paint uh, brushes in case they want to paint or write their name on the stone. Some loose parts that I thought were, I thought of were class stones, beads, stones, uh, pebbles, shells, and so on. So these items are regularly used in designing stepping stones, and therefore children may recall some styles of the stones that they used to see. So um, what do you think about the invitation or open-ended attribute of my activity? Is there anything that you want to add on to make the activity more attractive? Well, I think that was really incredible. Everything you came up with seemed to really apply to the children and to extend their learning. And it it seems that you were very thoughtful, you were reflective. These are all aspects of inquiry-based programming. And this connect, like when I heard you talk about that, it helped me think about the article we read, Learning Through Play, which points out the optimal learning through play, which happens Um, when the experience is joyful, and obviously the experience was joyful for the children when you provided them with loose parts. And I think you definitely helped them find meaning in what they are doing or learning. Um, You definitely helped them involve involve themselves, be active, engage in in minds-on thinking. Um, You even thought about how they could be iterative thinkers. So in experimenting and hypothesizing, and my favorite part of what you did was the simplicity of having paint and a paintbrush so they could do something like write their names. That's a really personal touch that will help the children to think about their learning. So uh, good job overall. Thank you, Natalie. So I can see that uh, you're doing some research on this topic. So do you want to share with us uh, some theory or research that uh, you you found? Yeah, of course. So that article I just read um, really helped open the door to all these different characteristics of children, like. For example, involving social interaction is so important because it applies to the more complex learning and applies to skills such as critical thinking. 
And these are all elements that we might look over if we are not being reflective, not thinking about um, what the children are really interested in. And another um, piece of information that stood out to me from this week's content was the webinar from Jackie Howell titled How to Create Experiences with Young Children Rather Than Planning Activities for Them. Now to relate back to your assignment, you focused on creating experiences with the children. You weren't planning the activities so much. Like you could have just as easily given them all the stuff for the stepping stones um, instead of providing them with the open-ended loose parts. So that just shows us that we value children as learners and that experience truly is their main teacher and that we are creating opportunities for the children and we try to engage the learning and, and build rapport with them. And um, in essence, from this webinar, what I took is the educator really had a passion in her practice and she was connecting joy and cultivating a disposition of curiosity. So um, did you have anything to add to that? I can go into more detail if you'd like. I think what you have just said um, is so informative and fantastic. So um, I would like to, uh, I think uh, our listeners uh, also want to know more about um, all the theories and can you share with us some more? Yeah, of course. Actually, I'll start by sharing a quote that was um, mentioned in the webinar. And it says, it's by Louis Boyd Cadwell. And it says, we want to know what the children think, feel, and wonder. We believe that the children have things to tell each other and us that we have never heard before. We are always listening for a surprise in the birth of a new idea. This practice supports a mutual quest for understanding. It is a practice of searching together for new meaning. Together, we become a community of seekers. So in general, this quote is fantastic. It sums up pretty much what I took away from pretty much this entire content of the week because it focuses about the children's mind and perception when they are playing, when they are engaged in something that interests them. And we believe as educators that when we are observing children and facilitating um, learning opportunities, we will learn something new from them. And that is a good thing. We are always listening and looking for understanding and doing this together, not isolated. Um, in an example that was mentioned, was about creating an, the experience of an ocean scene. So I thought maybe you and I could collaborate and throw around a couple ideas of how we would do that for children. Um, to start us off, I would suggest that maybe having a soundtrack in the background of ocean sounds would be just a great way to create an ambiance of being at the ocean. Do you have any other materials or or ideas that you might suggest incorporating to create an ocean? Create an ocean? Oh, maybe. Yeah, like. To... Yeah, sorry, you can keep talking. No, no. What, what, what ideas do you have around that? Mm, so, you want to create a, like an uh, ocean vibe, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the early learning environment. Yeah, maybe uh, when when we think about uh, oceans, maybe uh, uh, when I think about ocean, I think about the shells and sands and yeah, those kind of things. Did do, do you, yeah. yeah? Oh no, I I completely agree. I think that's absolutely something that having like a bin of sand for children just to have that sensory experience where they can touch it and the shells too, which they can, which are open-ended so they can figure out things to do with them. I think that's great. Yeah, it's a part of sensory play too. Yeah. yeah. And how easy would it be to just give them a coloring sheet of an ocean and say, okay, this is how we're going to teach you about the ocean. But when we collaborate and we think about real things that we can introduce to children to allow them to make connections, how much stronger is that? Yeah. yeah. So um, what's going to help children really learn best and construct, construct knowledge and foster a desire to extend learning is providing these opportunities. And to do so, we can pay attention to what children are most interested in and create accessible learning opportunities and environments to foster these interests. So if we notice that kids are in the dramatic play center reenacting um, being at the beach, that experience of an, a beach and an ocean is something we could create because as we know, the true learning comes through the experiences. Yeah. And we should slow down before we tell or give them an answer, but instead we can say things like, okay, well, let's find out. Like if the child comes to us and says, why is there sand at the ocean? Instead of saying, oh, the sand is there because over thousands of years, the little rocks get crumbled up. You know, kids don't want to hear yeah. that. So we can say, yeah, we can say to them, let's find out together. And then that is what can inspire the children. Yeah, interesting, really. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so uh, when you talk about it, it uh, reminds me of uh, a podcast uh, in the course content that I listened to. Um, the podcast uh, was hosted by uh, Christine Rush, and um, she she mentions that, that uh, they know that children should uh, play more and experience more, but, you know, um, the, stere the stereotype, uh, like the standards that um, everybody knows that uh, we need education, we need to learn more to, uh, you know, like the benchmark, those kind of things. So, oh, yeah, yes. so that, uh, sometimes uh, they might uh, restrain uh, what you're experiencing or something like that. Oh, yeah, I listened to that too, and I completely agree. Yeah, those benchmarks can really um, close off so many amazing opportunities because they're really focused on the product rather than on the process. Yeah. Don't you find? Yeah, and uh, yeah, she also states that uh, plays, uh, play is supposed to be um, voluntary. Voluntary, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It should be voluntary. Like you, you can't force somebody to play. It completely defeats the purpose of, of you know, having fun and and doing what you'd like, interacting with others. 
Yeah, so we, we all know that children are naturally um, curious and active, right? So, uh, uh, yeah, I think um, designing activities and giving them opportunities to be active in their play and learning process uh, would be kind of challenging for educators. Yeah, I, I agree. It can be challenging yeah. indeed, but... I think a way to combat that is to be reflective, to consider the environment, to hold a high image of the child, um, really believing that children are competent, curious, and creative. What other ways do you think you, we could combat this? From my perspective, uh, we, uh, I like the idea of uh, thinking from a children's lens. So like, I like the idea Uh, uh, when we change the perspective or when we change the point of view or the level of our eyes, uh, we will see things different. Yeah, no, that that's fantastic. I'm so glad that you talked about that, seeing the children through their lens. Yeah, that has to do with pretty much everything we've talked about. And with that, I would like to conclude our second podcast by just talking about how belonging ties into all of this as well. So when we are creating inquiry-based programs, we are most importantly creating an environment for children where they feel like they belong. So whether that be through following the child's lead, connecting with colleagues, considering aesthetics and how children view the environment based on their interests, and all of that contributes to how children find a sense of belonging and without that comfort and belonging and safety and security it's difficult for children to be able to play and to explore and to find all these things that interest them to to further learn about and with that i want to thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast and before we close out i'm going to ask my colleague rachel if she has anything to add Um, no, actually, I don't. I, I think we've covered like um, all of the aspects uh, related to uh, programming for inquiry right now. So um, I think that would be everything. Okay, great. Well, I hope you join us next week for our third podcast. I'm really excited to hear what we're going to be talking about and to continue this journey of learning. Next week's topic is creating safe and responsive relationships. So stay tuned. Bye. Bye, everyone.